Welcome to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. We are actually coming to you live from Ottawa, Canada, here, the capital of Canada. And uh, we have a special guest with us today, uh, streaming in from the US of A, and you'll see it. Uh, if you can't see it on his background, uh, you will in a second. Or if you're hearing us, there's a beautiful uh, picture um, of the flag, American flag there on the wall. And uh, our special guest today, Dana Cavalia. All right, Neil, thanks for having me. Good to see you. My neighbors Thank to the you. north. <laughs> yes, that's right. The Great White North. Did we? Uh, did I pronounce your name correctly? Nailed it. You, you nailed nice. it. Nice. Uh, we, because you. we prepared in advance. So That's right. That's Rick right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all about the preparation. 100%. Um, speaking of which, and, and we're, uh, we're going to get into this fast and furious. And one of the things that um, we do here is we are focused on shortening the learning curve to building wealth. Uh, in in your life, in someone's life, and uh, especially in the areas that are important to them. Now, for you, uh, you've done a number of things, so you could speak into a number of different areas, whether it be health, wealth, family. I'm I'm sure you could speak into a number of areas. But here's my first question for you, if I can just get right into it. Cool. And that is, before for, for leaders greatness there is always some sort of problem or failure that usually precedes that rebirth that um you know that thing that instigates them into solving the problem moving forward to, to grow to growing and and becoming uh who they are and for you as you've written a book and you're you're out there speaking teaching and which you've done for a long time what would you say yeah, you. yeah. I was doing the uh, the coaching and speaking and writing thing before it was a thing and before it was cool. So uh, for me, it's it's uh, it's nice that now you know more people are, are in the game. But but ultimately, I, I have found you know from a lot of those that I work with that have generated uh, generational wealth. You know, a lot of them started with some level of pain, right? They either mm -hmm. came from a situation that was was pain oriented or they experienced something in their life that was a catalyst for them to say, Hey, I never want to experience that again. And, you know, one of my clients, he flipped his, his business twice for a couple hundred million dollars, sold it once for a few hundred. The, the company that bought it basically was tanking and crashing the business. And he bought it again for pennies on the dollar and flipped it again. Anyway, he's a, he's a gentleman from Brooklyn, New York. He grew up in what would be a tenement and he said, you know, to this day, I can still smell that lobby where we would walk in and still get the keys. And I, I told myself, I never, ever, ever want to go back to that situation. So that pushed him forward. I work with another gentleman. He's a multi-billionaire. And, and for him, his father passed away when he was in law school. And he decided mm -hmm. to finish law school and take over his father's uh, senior living business. And he expanded the footprint and saw it not just as a senior living business, but as a real estate play. And he went on to build tremendous wealth in the space of senior living, but really in the space of real estate. So those are just two examples of individuals who said, I never want to go back to this situation or yeah. you know, I have to help my family 
And as a result, I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to, to get that, that outcome and result. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so, so let me ask, I mean, you've written uh, this book, uh, Habits of a Champion. Yeah. Um, what, were, what was the problem or failure that you saw that, that really preceded you coming out and writing that book? Well, when I first started writing it, I perceived myself as that failure, right? Because I, yeah. I had a career in professional sports and my contract was up and it didn't get renewed. And I said, okay, like, who am I? What am I? What skills do I have? And I said, okay. And this was the Yankees at the time, yeah, right? This is my career yeah. with the Yankees. So I, I was a coach and I said, well, if I'm a coach, I need to find people to coach. So let me take my life, my experiences and working with the highest performing talent in the world and yeah. put it into a functional, practical uh, user's guide you know, known as this book, Habits of a Champion. And that's what I did. So I wrote a book that you could turn to any page, any chapter and get value to help you optimize your performance and mental state from where you are now. And you know, when you don't get your contract renewed and it's all you know, yeah. you start saying, okay, uh, I gotta improve my mental state because it's very easy, you know, if you lose a deal, if you lose a contract, if you lose some money to get down in your mental state. So I wrote a book to help people optimize their mental state, but I did so through sharing my own personal story of all the way to the top at a very young age and feeling all the way at the bottom also at a, that was a young age in my early thirties. So it was up and down in my twenties, early thirties, and then back up. So that, yeah. that, that's, but that, that's so many people's story, you know, and that's why yeah. a lot of people related to it really well. Yeah. Can, can you say something about, what that was like in that, you know, your contracts not being renewed and, you know, I'm sure the amount of uncertainty and thinking about everything that's going on and just how, how that you were able to uh, transfer that, transmute that, transform that from, from that piece of feeling like a failure to, all right, this is what I, I need to do and what got you what was able that little thing that was able to help you with that shift yeah so in my office and it's still there today in yankee stadium there's a sign that goes across the border of the weight room and it says get comfortable with the uncomfortable and in yeah. that moment i said well i'm very uncomfortable right i had the emotion of fear i had um failure i had well what's next you know what am i what am i going to do right i had all these emotions that were that were there but you know for me it's always about okay get lean get simple and get linear what is it that i want to do and where do i want to go what is it that i want to do and where is it that i want to go now i had these training facilities in new york where i i, I started them and i started this brand that i was looking to grow and expand while i was still with the yankees so i said okay this is the one thing that i have right now let me try to expand it now, here's the thing. I expanded it and then that started to fail. So it's like, oh my God, holy cow. That's that feeling again of like, am I, I had such great success early and now here I am in another situation where this facility is bleeding money and this one's bleeding money and this, and finally yeah. I went to one of my clients, one of these very successful gentlemen. And I said, okay, here's what I got going on. And he said, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're gonna close these places one at a time. One at a time, you're gonna shut them down. And I said, well, 
I don't obviously know what I'm doing right now. So I'm going to take your advice. And I shut one down and I shut another one down and another one down. And I sold one of my facilities for $30,000. Okay. And that $30,000 was amazing because a, it gave me just a little bit of time to get my shit together. And number two, it gave me just a little bit of money to where I can self-publish my first book. Wow. And I took that book, I took that money, I put it into the book and I said, I'm just going to market and share this story that is in this book to as many people as I can. And then I'll never forget, I got invited to speak for HubSpot in Boston, uh, Massachusetts. They invited me to talk about the habits of a champion. I talk about the habits of a champion. I don't hear anything for like two or three weeks after the event. Finally, I have this woman call me. She's an event planner. And she's like, Dana, I'd love you to come and speak for Johnson & Johnson. You know, we'd love to pay you $15,000, you know, for this one event to come speak. And I said, boom, that's it. So I got that one job and that put me, gave me another 15 grand. Just again, it was like, it was a cash burn, right? They, I got the gig, burn the cash, get the next gig, burn the cash until finally it all started to catch. And then I built out, uh, you know, an executive coaching company to where now I work with companies all over the world, CEOs and executives all over the world. And it, it started from a point of failure, a point of not knowing what was next, a point of, am I going to make it? And there was also the coach in me that said, listen, get your shit together. Stop being a crybaby and go figure out what you're going to do. And, and I, I coached myself very, very hard and, uh, and it worked. So thank God. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. That really resonates with me. And I, I got to remember, uh, you know, being in uh, real estate and uh, being in investments. And there was one point where I was about two weeks away from, you know, every bill was, was going belly up. Nothing was happening and, yeah. and um, no, no deals were coming in, no money coming in. And uh, I remember thinking, uh, Something's wrong here. And then we got down to a week. The next week, everything's going belly up. And uh, I was like, all right, God, it's going to have to be something. <laughs> I'm here. I've done what I can do. And I'm like, you're going you're gonna to have to do something. And, uh, and then I went, okay. I've done everything because you always come through. And, and even if you don't, I get it. All right, fine. Let's go. And I was like, I'm going to focus on for these next five days is going out, seeing if I can uh, find another deal. As it turned out, you, you know how that happens. Uh, a deal came through. It closed up the next week, paid up everything and, and just kept on moving. And uh, that it's hard to uh, pass on what that feels like to someone if they've never been at that bottom where you, you think you're not only do you think you're a failure, you think you're fake. Yeah. Like, uh, I clearly can't be that good because look at where I am. Right. And, uh, and then there's that feeling of survival. And for those that haven't yeah. experienced it, it's, it, it's like you're in the street and a bus is coming at you and you finally, and you see it in the last minute, you get out of the way and you go, that was close. Wow. Yeah. Was, and, was, and your heart, your heart is like beating out your chest and, uh, yeah. 
something feels like it's gonna rip out your the muscles in your back feel like they're gonna rip out uh, yeah. because... but here, you know there's also this this <laughs> sick part i may actually i mean i'm sure a lot of people have this come on but in a sick way i'm like i actually like that feeling of like the plane's going like this and all of a sudden i got to pull it up at the last minute and it, it's like this rush that forces you to be your best and and to tell you the truth my wife laughs because like I'll always, I'll, I'll take my, I'll look at some of my accounts, like the ones that I see on a day-to-day -day basis. And I, and I, as soon as they get to a certain number, I move the money out into more of an investment account. And I do so because I don't want to see much in there because it, it keeps me very, very hungry. And yeah. it's a sick thing. But, but um, I've learned that that, that brings out, uh, it almost keeps me slightly nervous and slightly paranoid to the point where it makes me perform. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's I, I, look, I, I agree with you completely. I, um, when money starts to get into that account, I'm like, that is not the best use of it. I don't want it there. Let's move it out. Let's do something else with it. And um, as long as there's a, obviously a certain amount, you got to be responsible, take care of your bills, all that kind of stuff. And uh, but. But by and large, yeah, there is something about that, especially when you know that you're still uh, building, you're still growing. You you want to, you almost want to be in that phase where don't don't like Rocky, go back to the old gym, yep. go back to the uh, concrete walls, and uh, and let's keep moving. Well, there's also something about to the underdog mentality, and that yeah. I call it the junkyard dog mentality. That yeah. that that um you know, I, I think is really important to have, you know, my parents were both teachers. I didn't grow up with wealth or anything like that. So um, I, I did grow up knowing that you have to work for a dollar. You have to work really hard for whatever you have. And that if you are willing to do that, you'll have a great chance of, of things working out for you. It's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard, but, but things will work out if you're willing to put the work in and you're able to uh, limit your distractions, right? And stay very focused on what it is, um, you know, that you do. I know, um, you know, not to get, get running here, but, you know, so many times, you know, we, we can see what other people are doing out there and we start to even slightly model what they're doing. And it may take us off course, even slightly, slightly, slightly. And over time, it becomes very much off course. And what I learned in my journey is that the more I, look at other people and what they're doing, the worse I get. So it's, it's really important. And that goes for even people who are having great success. You know, it's important to know what it is, how you operate, how you function, how you're, what your debt tolerance is and all of those things. And when you understand that for yourself, then you could build the right strategic plan for me. Like personally, um, you know, coaching is my engine. And then I take all that and I invest it in real estate. Right. So it's yeah. coaching, real estate, coaching, real estate, coaching, real estate over and over and over and over again. And I don't buy sexy stuff. I buy high return stuff over and over and over and over and over again. And and that's the game. Love it. Well, you're, you're speaking you're speaking uh, sexy to me right now. <laughs> uh, just keep saying it. Real estate. Love it. Uh, love yeah. it. Um, let, let me ask this. So. First of all, actually, I want to just ask, where, where did you grow up? Where, you, you know, you shared a little bit there. 
Yeah, I grew up in New York. So, um, okay. you know, I grew up on Long Island. There's, uh, you know, you're born to hustle. You got to fight for survival because it's expensive. And, and, you know, I also grew up with the messaging from my parents about how expensive everything is and how, yeah. you know, we would go to the cheapest hotel. And here I am too with the Yankees staying at the nicest hotel. So I go to a place with my parents and they're like, hey, you know, as a kid, Man, you don't you can't order that on the menu because we don't we can't afford that. So right. you end up in your mind always looking at the right hand side of the menu before you start looking at the left hand side, right? You're riding the prices yeah. before you're looking at the contents. And yeah. that's just how 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 I grew up. And I remember, you know, I grew up like 40 minutes from the Hamptons, right? A very well-known elite uh, place to yes. be in the summer. And I remember my parents would take us out there literally like once every two weeks in the summer. And we'd go see all these big, beautiful houses. And, and the one message that I would always get is like from them is, hey, if you're willing to work, you can have that. If you're willing to work, you can have that. The sad part is they almost, they wrote themselves off as they can't have that. But to me and my, and my brother, we could, if we were willing right. to do what it took. So it was powerful right. lessons, um, but it, it's also sad to see that they cut themselves short. Yeah, you know? yeah. But having said that, you know, they imbued that into, into you and you're, you're able to take that into your life, uh, which, you know, every parent is trying to do that. So, so if, the, if the problem is, is that uh, oftentimes people get distracted, even if it seems like a minute amount, uh, what's the solution to, to, to that, to not getting distracted? I mean, you've had to deal with that throughout your career. You've got, you've got major league baseball athletes, you know, and I'm sure you're trying to keep them. What, what's the, what's that secret to, to, uh, to that problem of getting distracted? You know, for me, I always draw, I, 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 I draw two boxes all the time. I call it a box, B box. The B box. And and I'm guessing this is in the box, in the book. This one is actually not in the book, but. Oh uh, my goodness. Okay. We're getting. This uh, this could be the the next book, but. Okay. A box, B box. B box is what do I want to do? A box is where am I now? And then there's an arrow between the two boxes. And the arrow is symbolic of what is my next most simple action that I need to take in order to get closer to B. And and you could just keep drawing it over and over. And over. So, so it's A box, here's where I am. B box, here's what I'm looking to achieve. Arrow in between is the most simple action I can take right now to get me closer. And then I draw it again. So I, I accomplished the action on that arrow. Now I got A box, B box, arrow. What's the next most simple action? And when you you know, you execute on enough of those arrows. And I'm not talking about the complicated stuff. Everybody wants to get too big. They want to expand so much in their thoughts and they get so philosophical and theoretical that, you know, if you over strategize, you're going to get killed. You have to take an action. So I always say, what's your next most simple action? I'm always cueing myself to take an action. What's the most simple action here? Because it's easy to overthink. And sometimes when we don't have what we want right now, we start looking to other people who have what it is that we want right now and it diverts our, our path. So I'm just really big on, Hey, stay within yourself. It's the same as if we're coaching a hitter, you know, you got to know the type of hitter you are. Like for me, I'm not a huge debt guy. 
I'm not a huge leverage guy. I don't like that feeling. I shared with you probably some of the reasons why. You know, so I like to stay right here and I like to generate a lot of my own cash and invest my own cash to high return stuff, take the returns and apply it with some of my own cash into the next deal and keep rolling and rolling and rolling. But I can't look to somebody that's a high debt guy. It would be a completely poor strategy for somebody like me. Now, there's other guys I know that do great with it. So you got to know who you are. But that A box, B box, line with a simple action, A box, B box, and you just keep yeah. doing it over and over and over again, and your outcomes will start to show themselves. Um, alongside that, you got to trust your gut, you got to trust your instincts. And sometimes people are so locked up on these phones and everything, everything they, they, don't, they don't even know who they are anymore. They don't have that feel, that intuition, that instinct. Got to have it. Okay, so you were just talking about uh, social media there. And one of the things that I've seen and, and I'm actually concerned about for people in this area, this problem of getting distracted, you can get onto social media and you're bombarded with all the things that you have to do next. Oh, you do this, do that. And, and all of a sudden, your mind is thinking, okay, I, what about this? I need to do that or I could do this or I could do that. And so, you know, talking about distractions, absolutely, they're, they're continually there. And so this idea of put it on, put it down, A box, B box, and draw an arrow. What about the person that says, but I have all these other things to do. I don't want to forget them. Mm. Well, you got you to gotta ask yourself, hey, what's my, my most high yield activity out of all these things? What's yeah. my, you know, highest so literally you can write all that stuff down onto another piece of paper or something. Yeah. And figure out most of the stuff that we think we have to do has, doesn't have any weight, right? It doesn't move the needle, right? It's like, do you want to poke somebody or do you want to punch somebody? Right. I'd want to punch them more than poke them. And, and, and you have to <laughs> have these mini knockouts every day, every day, every day. And it's only going to happen if you start doing the right stuff. It's like, I see people, again, I, I talk about strategizing. They just over-strategize. They got charts. Yes. They have ideas. They have notebooks. Um, they have journals filled with ideas. And they don't do, they don't do anything. So yes. this is why you could have somebody that goes to Harvard, and you could have somebody that goes barely passes high school, and the guy yes. that barely passes high school kicks the butt of the guy that went to Harvard because one can be very cerebral and can overthink to the point where they become locked up. The other one is too stupid to know the difference. So he's just taking or she's just taking action, action, action and getting results. So you have to really know, you know, uh, the importance of, of prioritized action and what on that list actually moves the needle and what is just easy for you to do. So you keep doing yeah. it. Like most people love low leverage activities check the email, scrolling. Yeah. The biggest issue I found with social media is actually not even looking at other people, but sometimes it's over trusting these, um, you know, marketed authorities. And you're, they, people put so much trust in these folks, but they don't put enough trust in themselves. So that, that for me is actually one of the bigger issues that I see when it relates to social media. Like, you know, we're trusting all of these other people, but my question is, do you trust yourself? Right, right. 
You know, well, I can say that uh, whenever I see someone with one of those journals, one of those like perfectly organized sort of things, you can buy it here and it looks this way and all that kind of, I usually, uh, quite honestly, I get concerned because I'm thinking here's, here's if you put question. that much effort into that journal, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's you right. know, people that spend five hours a day on a morning routine, it's like, wait, yeah. when do you work? You're up at four and you're still doing your morning routine at nine, like, go hit it. Okay, so we got to let you go in one minute. What is next for Dana Cavalier? Well, man. Well, I love the, you listen, the corporate coaching and all that I do a ton of, I yeah. still work with athletes, but um, I actually have a farm in addition to all that. So we do, uh, we raise a lot of beef cattle, pork and pigs. Uh, and, hey, in the middle of a food shortage, good stuff. That's amazing to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, you know, sometimes the brain just says, follow the instincts and go do this. But uh, ultimately it's another engine. Uh, it's a direct to consumer business. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll be a franchise, maybe it'll be a licensed model where we become a meat wholesaler and we have all these wow. people contributing our product. But um, I just love creation. I love business building. I love ideas, but, but I don't, I'm not the person that just has ideas and then sits on them. I, right. I take action on them. And if I'm not willing to take an action, I dismiss the idea for another time. So yeah, idea, action, go. Boom. So, so speaking of that, where can people get uh, more of you, Dana? Yeah, uh, danacavalier.com is my website. The book Habits of a Champion is on Amazon. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out. Say hello. Don't be a stranger. And uh, don't forget to take action. It's the only thing that moves the needle. Love it. Well, Leadership to Wealth Nation, thank you guys so much. We got to let go of the man, the myth, the legend, Dana Cavalier. Uh, go check out his book and they can get, uh, where can they find the book? Yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Go check it out on Amazon. Uh, Dana, thank you so much for uh, coming on today. And I uh, look forward to hearing more about the cows and, uh, <laughs> and, and the journey ahead. Cool. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate right. it. Thanks a lot. Take care.